Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first edition of the CVCS Chapels podcast feed. This is Mr. Jasper, and I want to welcome you to another piece of the CVCS podcast network. We're really excited about this feed, including some cool plans we have to include interviews with the chapel speakers throughout the year. And we look forward to bringing you the recordings from our weekly chapel messages here on the network. This week on the inaugural episode of this podcast, we're hearing from Brandon Hendricks. Brandon is the president and CEO of Every Generation Ministries, which establishes locally led ministries in countries around the world in order to show God's love to his children and his church. These ministries go on to equip local churches through leadership development and deeper biblical literacy. The mission of Every Generation Ministries is transforming children in Christ through his church. For more information about this organization, check out emgworld.org. Brandon is a friend of CBCS, and this probably is not the only time you'll hear him on this network. One small note before getting to the message for this week, we experienced some technical difficulties for the first part of the message, so the audio quality is a little bit worse for the first couple minutes or so. We apologize for that. It'll be fixed next time. But as always, thank you for listening. Now, here's Brandon Hendricks presenting his message titled, Is God Still Good When Things Aren't? really appreciate that. It's a blessing to be here. And I uh, always love, love coming to CDCS. It's so great to be with you guys. Uh, Dana asked me, or uh, Mr. Dill, asked me to, uh, to speak today. And, and he told me that the theme of chapels this semester is the goodness of God. So I started thinking about that, praying about it. And I decided that uh, rather than going with what would typically follow that theme, like the blessings of the Lord and, and uh, all the benefits of, of following God and, and walking with God, uh, I decided to go a little bit different direction with it. And I want to talk to you today about, uh, is God still good when things aren't? Uh, like, it's easy to see the goodness of God when everything is good. When everything is going well, when uh, the sun is shining and the birds are chirping and life is good and, and everything's fantastic, you go, oh, God is good. But what about when things are hard? What about when things are horrible, even? Uh, there are times in life where everything seems like darkness. And we're going through really hard times. I don't know if this is you right now. I hope it's not. I hope everything is great. But there will come a point in your life, I promise you, when, uh, when you will have to reflect on this question. Is God still good when things aren't? So I want us to, to dive into this today. But before we do, I want to I put two things on the table right off the bat. Two things that I hope we can agree on. Uh, The first is that God is God and we are not, which means that God is always going to allow things, permit things, command things, 
prohibit things, do things that don't make sense to us, that we just don't understand. We, we can't see the logic in it. We can't see how it fits. We can't see how it's good. But because God is God and we are not God, uh, we need to come to a place where we just see that for what it is and, and go, okay, you know what? I don't get it. I don't understand, but I'm going to trust God anyway. The second thing uh, is a little bit more difficult, but I hope that we can get to an agreement on it. And, uh, and to, to talk about that, I want to tell you real quick about my daughter. I have a five-year-old daughter. Her name is Brexlin, and she is an absolute adorable little angel, except when she's not. Uh, which is often, unfortunately. She's the youngest, uh, she's the only girl, and uh, she made it exactly one week into kindergarten before getting sent to the principal's office. Now, I've got boys, three boys before her, and all of them made it all the way through kindergarten, but she made it one week before getting, and not for like something sweet and cute, like talking too much in class or, you know, whatever. No, she got sent to the principal's office a week into kindergarten for punching a boy in the face. <laughs> Why are you clapping? <laughs> now, whether the boy deserved it or not, I'm not going to try to defend. But a week into kindergarten, she gets she's in the principal's office. That night, I, I asked her about it, and I was like, Baby, what happened? And she goes, he touched me. I was like, oh, like, like, am I gonna have to punch somebody in the face? He happened. She goes, just on my arm. But I did not like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. No, you know how we talked about defending yourself. That doesn't count. Someone can touch you on the arm. She's like, but I didn't like it. I'm like. So you punched him? Yes. I'm like, okay, well you can't just punch somebody. And she goes, oh, I didn't just punch him. It's like, what? She's like, first I spit my chocolate milk on him, then I punched him. It's like, oh, this is actually getting worse. No, I'm not saying you can't just punch someone like you have to do something else also. I'm saying you can't, you can't go around punching people. And then I was hoping to make it a, a teachable moment. And I'm like, but how did you feel after you did that? And she's like, not good. I'm like, oh, good. At least she's got a soul. And I was like, now, why, why did you feel not good? And she goes, I got chocolate milk on my hand. <laughs> and it was yucky. I'm like, oh, man. Okay, she doesn't feel bad about punching this kid at all. She just was like, ew, chocolate milk. <laughs> Gross. Uh, so this is my daughter. She's adorable. She's amazing. She's angelic. Just sometimes she's fallen angel, angelic. Uh, but when I discipline her, it does not go well. Like she is so affectionate. She'll crawl on, on me while I'm sitting in a chair and just, just grab my face and go, Daddy, I love you so much. And then she'll give me a kiss. I'm like, Oh, you're the sweetest thing ever. But if I discipline her, she's like, you don't love me. You're a mean daddy. Like, oh my gosh, am I a mean daddy? 
But the reality is, and here, this is the second thing I want us to agree on. Discipline is, is actually a form of love. Discipline is a form of goodness. It would, I, I would be a bad dad if I didn't discipline her when she needed discipline, right? And so when we're talking about the goodness of God, uh, those two premises I want us to just put up front. One, God is God and we are not. So he's going to do things that we don't understand, and we just have to trust him in that process. And the second is discipline uh, does not mean a lack of goodness. Discipline is actually a form of goodness. And so when God is disciplining humanity or you specifically for sin, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't negate his goodness. But I want to take it a step further because I think those two we can agree on and they make sense. Uh, but what about when bad things happen to good people? Now, you can make the argument there are no such thing as good people, original sin, etc., etc. That's easy, uh, easy also. But um, I think Job is a great example of this. We have no record of Job doing anything to incur discipline, and yet horrible, horrible things happen to Job. But that's a little too perfect an example, so I want to I want to talk about uh, another character from the Bible. Uh, can anyone tell me who this sexy hunk of marble is? Right there. Huh? King David, exactly. I cannot show the whole statue because it's pornographic, but uh, but you get the picture. He's a good-looking dude, even in marble. Uh, now, King David... Um, King David was described in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. He had a special relationship with God like few people in the world ever have. He wrote about half the book of Psalms. He was anointed by God, specifically chosen out of an, an entire nation of people to be anointed king of Israel. And yet, David spent years with a price on his head, running for his life, living in exile. David uh, saw almost all of his childhood friends killed before he even became king. He lived with constant anxiety. He buried three of his sons, two of which had been brutally murdered. And he saw multiple attempts to overthrow him as king, sometimes by his own children. This is not a guy who had an easy life. This is not a guy who, who God said, well, you're my favorite, so I'm just going to always protect you from everything. In fact, you could even say that God specifically chose him, and then things got really, really hard and really difficult for him and he had an entire life full of misery and pain because of it. Which doesn't make sense. Right? Like we think the goodness of God, or even if not the goodness of God, our own goodness should protect us from pain, but it doesn't. There is no guarantee that you're going to have a good life, or an easy life, or a pain-free life. In fact, 
you can be pretty much guaranteed that that's not what's going to happen, that there will be pain upon pain in your life, which is why this topic is so important, because if the moment clouds cover the sky and you can't see the sun anymore, you start questioning the existence of the sun or whether it will ever come out again or whether it was ever real in the first place, that would be ridiculous, right? But I've seen so many people that follow God when life is easy, that believe in God when things are good, that trust in the goodness of God when everything comes easily and quickly. And when tragedy strikes, they fall away. They go, I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't believe in a God that would allow this to happen. I can't believe in a, in a God. Maybe, maybe all that stuff I believed was never true in the first place. So the question has to be asked, is God still good when things aren't? So I want to I wanna share a couple passages with you uh, that display what I think is one of the most incredible attributes of God and actually is the, the highest display of his goodness. The first is Genesis 50, verse 20. Uh, the second half of the book of Genesis is about this guy named Joseph and his family, and horrible, horrible things happen to him. His brothers kidnap him and sell him into slavery, and then even more bad things happen to him. He's got this horrible life, uh, really good life, long stretch of horrible life, and then a really good life again at the end. And, uh, and his brothers are worried that he's going to kill them. And he says to them this, he says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Evil things happened to him. People meant evil against him. Horrible, horrible things kept on happening. And what Joseph said is, hey, all of those things, they're not good, okay? So let's not try to make the argument that evil things are good or, oh, well, God, you know, God's gonna, uh, gonna, gonna use it for good, so it must be good. No, there are horrible, horrible, crappy, awful, painful things that should never, ever, ever happen and weren't God's desire for what we should live with in this world before sin and brokenness entered it. And it's okay to call those things out as horrible. The amazing thing about God, though, is that he has the ability to take those horrible, broken, painful moments, those parts of our life that we wish weren't, and bring them about for good. That he can use horrible broken pieces and make something good of it and that is called redemption and redemption is a theme that weaves itself through the entirety of scripture and culminates at the cross which is the ultimate bad thing good person scenario and it's crazy like we even call 
the day that we celebrate or remember Jesus dying on the cross, we call it Good Friday. But it wasn't good for Jesus. Right? He wasn't looking forward to it. He dreaded that day. He sweat drops of blood in anticipation of that day. He wept bitterly knowing that that day was coming. So I don't think he would have called it Good Friday. But we call it good because of what God made because of it. What God was able to do because of the evil, brutal death that Jesus died at the hands of those who had a sham trial and crucified him on a cross, God was able to bring about the greatest good the world has ever seen. Our ability to be forgiven, to have our sins wiped away, to enter into a relationship with Jesus, to spend eternity with God without sin or blemish. God did that because of redemption, because of taking horrible, painful situations and bringing them about for good. He even gives us this promise in Romans 8, verse 28. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, again, I want to point out this, does, this passage does not say all things are good. As, as many of you know, uh, a few years ago, my firstborn son, Xander, was killed in a, in a horrible, tragic accident. And after that, people said the most ridiculous things to me because they, they misunderstood passages like this and they said, oh, well, you know, it might seem bad now, but, you know, God, God's... God's said that it's good, everything is good, everything is God's will, everything is God's plan. I'm like, no, that is not true. The Bible says that God desires that all would come to know him. That doesn't happen. That's not happening. So clearly not everything that happens on this earth is because it's how God wants it to be. So don't say horrible things to a grieving father. But what I have come to know and absolutely believe with certainty is that no matter how horrible or tragic the circumstance, God can and will redeem it for good if we allow him to. Just this last week, a family that I was connected with because the high schoolers went through my, my high school ministry years ago uh, had a similar tragedy to ours. And their little girl was, was run over by a car and killed. And I was able to come alongside them and walk with them through that. I still am. Uh, but I've had many and multiple conversations with the parents, the grandparents, the husband, the wife, the, because I've walked that road. And because God has given me the ability to come alongside and be a source of healing and hope for people who are currently in the worst and darkest moments of their life, that's the power of God's redemption. You may not know that in India right now, there is a, a season of persecution against Christians 
uh, like there hasn't been maybe ever. In, in just the region of Manipur, which is the very northeastern uh, section of India, uh, just this last month, over 300 churches were burned down. More than 50 people, most of them pastors and the families of the pastors, were murdered. And about 23,000 people have been displaced because their homes have been burned or they've been chased out by threat of death by Hindu nationalists in the area. Uh, we have a national ministry in India. I was just there a couple months ago uh, meeting with our, our leaders there. And um, a couple weeks ago, they, they told me that uh, there was a, a woman from this region of India who uh, had been chased out of her village by Hindu nationalists and spent seven days in the jungle escaping, trying to find help somewhere. Seven days of not knowing if she would live, if she would survive, if she would ever get to humanity again. And after seven days, she came out into this other village and she found this church and she went into the church and our leaders happened to be there because they were about to start a training that they were doing there for uh, youth and children's leaders. And they greeted her, and they welcomed her, they gave her food, they, they gave her some fresh clothes, and they, they said, we're going to start this training, you're welcome to stay if you want. She said, I have nowhere else to be, I might as well. And after four days of this training, she came up to our national director in India and she said, I am so thankful for the war in Manipur. Because if not for that war, I never would have come here. I never would have gotten this training. And I believe that thousands or tens of thousands of, of children will be transformed when I'm able to take this back home with me. Now, I don't think that I could say I'm thankful for the war that's brought the destruction of so many people and homes and churches. But she did. She saw that even only a couple weeks after that God had already redeemed the situation in her own life and brought it about for good. And so what I want to say, what I want to leave you with is that one of the greatest displays of God's goodness is redemption. And if you continue to trust the Lord in the hard times, you continue to press forward, you continue to allow him to work in you and in those situations, he will bring about redemption. He will bring about those situations for good. doesn't mean the situation will ever be good, but he can use it for good. And you may never see the benefits in this life, but the ultimate redemption is when we take our last breath and get to spend eternity with him and then see the tapestry that he wove together using every one of our pains that we handed over to him and allowed him to redeem for his glory and his kingdom and our good. Thank you so much for letting me be here. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your redemptive power. Thank you for giving us the ability to trust in you and follow you even when 
We can't see you or feel you in the moment. Pray, Lord, that you would bring about the redemption of every hurt and every pain and each life represented here. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it up for Brandon Hendricks one more time. This episode has been a production of the Capistrano Valley Christian Schools Podcast Network. Capistrano Valley Christian Schools is a Christian JK-12 school in San Juan Capistrano, California. Be sure to check out, subscribe to, and leave a review of this show and the other shows on our network on your podcast player of choice. Doing so supports the school community in a multitude of ways. For more information about the CVCS Podcast Network or any of our other shows, check out cvcs.org or email podcasts at cvcs.org. On behalf of the whole network, this is Mr. Jasper saying thank you again for listening and stay tuned for more.